2: What is up, and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We're coming to you live Wednesday, May 31st. We are on the eve of NBA Draft Month, and I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. Got my guy Justin with me tonight. Hello, everybody. Taylor Peterson is here. Shout out Monty Williams. Getting that that Get back. $12 million. We're just talking about this pre pod. Can you imagine getting fired for poor work performance just to get hired by somebody else for 12 million dollars a year? <laughs> Not a bad way to do it. Hey, just sometimes people say, enough. like, man, being an NBA head coach has to be such a tough gig because, like, why would you want to do it? You're the first one to get blamed. 12 million a year is why you do it 100%. <laughs>
3: Doesn't
2: hurt.
1: That's I love that that's hire, silly though. Money.
3: Heck of a heck of a hire from, um. Tori Weaver and I forget good the other's name, but yeah,
2: someone tweeted that he got that Lou all dang contract. <laughs>
3: <laughs> awesome,
2: uh, good pull. All right, we are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and dailythunder.com. few programming notes before we start the show tonight. We will be back with you guys again Sunday at 9 p.m. As always, next week, little break from the monotony instead of coming on Wednesday. We will be on Tuesday night with you guys with a special draft guest. So make sure to tune in, uh, subscribe to the YouTube page so you can catch us live next Tuesday night. Get your questions in the comments. Uh, We're going to have some awesome draft discussion. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some more mock drafts and podcasts and Intel-based stuff coming out in early June. Uh, So that will be very good as well for our draft guest. So it's going to be a great show. Make sure to join us. Uh, not saying Sunday won't be great. Sunday's always great. Um, but make sure to jo- make plans to join us next Tuesday night instead of Wednesday. Gentlemen, we're going to do some draft stuff here in a bit. But first, I wanted to talk a little bit about everybody's favorite podcaster, who is arguably the most knowledgeable um, Thunder media member I know. Uh, who possesses zero bias in anything he talks about. Um, he became refer- a meme over the weekend. Yes, I'm referring to the man Bill Simmons. I thought you were talking about Taylor. <laughs> if, you. if you have not seen, <laughs> Bill Simmons uh, on his podcast with Ryan Rossillo started to talk about the new collective bargaining agreement. And mentioned that it screws over teams like Oklahoma city, and he doesn't know how they're going to be able to build this thing out moving forward. And it is bad for teams that build the right way. I have some thoughts about that, but I thought (laughs) I'd let you guys talk first.
1: (laughs) I I'm going to start by saying what I said in our group chat, which is it could be the PTSD talking, but I'm not convinced There's not some kind of landmine in this CBA that we don't yet realize that's gonna screw OKC in a catastrophic way. There's a because that's what seems to happen every time. Um, there's gonna be something, something that none of us anticipate. Someone, some little provision that nobody has paid attention to that's gonna end up in five years being the the part two of OKC's 30 for 30 that eventually gets made. That aside, uh it's It was interesting the way Bill was talking about it. Um, I, I think he was missing the point a little bit. I don't want to steal your thunder, Jacob, but I think <laughs> you, you had some tweets about it that I think summed it up really well that there's a lot of things in the new CBA that, yes, it, is punishing people if they spend too much, but not in the case of drafting guys, not in the case of developing talent, to, to where you have guys that are so good you have to pay them, more so for teams that are just going out and snatching up highly paid superstars, which has been the trend in the NBA for the last 12 to 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, since the LeBron Big Three, that's been what everyone has tried to do. And to me, that feels like what the new CBA was trying to quell a little bit.
3: That's exactly right, Jacob. I have that same reaction for those of you watching the live stream. Um, Sean's second tweet in regards, I guess, third tweet in regards to Monty Williams, uh, just came out. The Pistons deal or Monty Williams deal with the Pistons could reach eight years and a hundred million, moly. based on team options and incentives. I mean, he got a full on like player contract. Uh, that's wild, anyways. That's, I, I agreed. I, I, I think what uh, if we got a
2: player option that's,
1: from that last year?
2: Is this guaranteed?
1: <laughs> What happens oh, man. if he's an all-star?
3: <laughs> what happens when you... uh Yeah. money Williams two seconds for the cow? first-round pick. Is this written into the Make new no. <laughs> Yeah, we really should... Bill Simmons should have been talking about the Detroit Pistons now. Um, uh, so, anyway. Yeah. With,
2: with, <laughs> with the CBA stuff. Um yeah, yeah. Justin, you were kind of hitting on it there. I... I understand the PTSD stuff. <laughs> Oklahoma City has been screwed by the CBA in the yes, past. Yes, we have. But a lot of things put in place with the new CBA. Number one is designed around preventing teams from like hoarding and trading for these huge players like LeBron. Yep. But also it's to prevent pay to win yep. and let these owners like Steve Ballmer uh, just bottom out the the bank account. To, to build a contender, um, the biggest things in the new CBA are related to the luxury tax. Uh, there is a salary cap limit. There is a luxury tax limit. And then there's a second apron above the luxury tax. And if you get over that second apron, you start getting in some trouble. Um, they start to limit the how you can sign free agents now uh, you're limited on how many veteran minimum contracts you can give out. Um, you don't get like the mid-level exception, which is a tool that teams could use uh, to pay a little bit more for a free agent if they were over the cap. Um, you can't sign buyout guys at the end of the year after the trade deadline. That's a pretty big one. because That's a big, always been popular. Big deal. Yep. You cannot trade for a player, and you can't make a trade uh, and take on more money. Like Trades are rarely ever perfectly even as far as salary is concerned. Yep, You can no longer trade and bring in more than you're sending out. If you're over that tax limit um, for, I think, consecutive years, you cannot aggregate players in a trade, meaning you can't do a two-for-one or a two-for-two. You can only trade one guy.
3: That's huge.
2: The craziest one is if you are in that tax for long enough, regardless of how good or bad you are, your pick becomes pick 30. In the first round, they just bottom your pick out. They won't let you trade picks out to a certain range. So the, what the new CBA is trying to do is make it more difficult to team build. If you are spending crazy amounts of money, there are three ways to team build. You have free agency, you have trades and you have the draft new CBA extremely limits your free agent signings. And trades doesn't limit your draft options. Well, the best free agent the Thunder's ever signed is yep. Isaiah Noel, Joe. Yep. Isaiah Joe. <laughs> they didn't even sign Isaiah Joe. I think they just claimed him off of waivers, didn't yeah, they? Right. So they're not team building through free agency. Yep. They do make trades, but the main way this team builds is through the draft. And the draft is the one place where you can continue to replenish talent in this new CBA. So I don't know where Bill was getting at. The only other thing in the CBA that could possibly affect Oklahoma City, and I I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this. In the old CBA, you could only have two players on maximum extensions from their rookie contract. You can't trade for a third. You can't give a third a max extension. Well, in the new CBA, they rose that number from two to three. That is a very good thing for the Thunder. Yep. Also, in the old CBA, if you are not giving a, a player on their rookie contract a max extension for five years, if you gave them anything below max dollars, you can only sign them to four years. New yeah, CBA hey. lets you sign them to five, even if it's not a max. Yep. Another good thing for the Thunder. Very. The only way this becomes problematic for OKC is if they inevitably have more than three rookie-scale max guys on the team. The next one up is Josh Giddy. If Josh Giddy gets maxed, you have Shea and Josh. And then the following year, you would Dub be looking at Dub and Chet. That could be possibly four. So does someone get squeezed out there? Does somebody have to take a little bit less? Um, my guess is it would be Giddy.
3: That would be my guess as well. Give him, to your point, give him
2: like a, a few mil
3: less or... And stretch it out over five years.
2: Or it could be Chet or J-Dub because you can give players contracts based off percentage of the cap. Yeah. And when Giddy signs that year before Chet and J-Dub, the cap will be a little bit lower. Then the next year it'll grow and so, even though Chet or JDub maybe doesn't get a max, the, the sheer dollar number goes up. It's still comparable. I think one thing that,
1: as you were talking and kind of as, as you're looking at the CBA, that could happen is a, a bit of a resetting of the max contract market. I feel like in recent years, max contracts became a default of like what you had to do if you wanted to keep somebody. I don't feel like it was always that way, but it felt like there was a lot of guys getting maxes that didn't deserve maxes just because they were like the best player on their team. So the yes. team felt like they had to give him a max. I wonder because of the implications of this new CBA, does this change that? Does, it, be- does it become less of a foregone conclusion because those teams that are looking to build through trades to build through free agency, they're going to be more diligent about avoiding those penalties. They may not be as apt to throw out a max contract because of all the um, restrictions they could find themselves in if they hand those out too freely. So this could change the way that teams view max contracts. um, Very similarly to what happened, you know, with the cap spike last time that kind of changed the way contracts were dealt with this could have a similar effect and that could assuming that that lowers the number of max contracts even though you can give out more maybe there's a a dampening of it a little bit that could be beneficial to Oklahoma City as well to where a guy like Josh Giddy can't go get a max from any team in the NBA and that changes his market value which changes probably what he's willing to accept from the thunder so i think there there's so many dynamics but but then again the flip side could happen, right? Because teams can give three of them now, that could change it in the opposite direction. That's one yeah, of those true. things that like could accidentally screw OKC because like eh, anybody could give Josh Giddey a max now. Um, so that that's one that I think how teams approach max contracts moving forward under the new CBA is going to be very interesting to watch.
3: I agree with that. Now, to your point though, like using Giddey as an example, you at least in this situation would have, you know, a, an off season. negotiation period where obviously if you aren't able to come to an agreement um you're already looking to trade them and you still can um get as much value as possible for him at that point rather than just like him hitting restricted free agency Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a little bit of grace window there something else i was thinking about though i think you guys really broke down the new changes of the cba really really well and where maybe like bill simmons and ryan massillo um were led astray in a sense and how it applies to okc but i kind of want to focus now on what okc has been doing these past couple of years and what they will be doing uh, as moving forward until these guys hit that the opportunity to be maxed uh, to get the max extensions they've been receiving that they've been under the cap now for a couple of years meaning they've been receiving luxury tax dis- distributions from these other teams the clippers the bomber the warriors um All these different teams have been paying into that luxury tax apron. They've been receiving those distributions. They are saving money right now. This ownership and this organization, this ownership group and organization, led by Clay Bennett, obviously, have shown the willingness to go all in and spend when necessary to try and win a championship and build a long-term championship contender, not just a one-year team. They 110% will be doing that again and willing to when the time comes, and they're saving up and preparing right now thinking ahead for when that time comes, when it's time to extend the, the dubs and the chats on top of a, uh, like you mentioned, Jacob, uh, Shay and Giddy already. So I feel confident that the thunder have been pl- planning for this already. And will continue to, at the end of the day, this isn't a hindrance on OKC. It's really a, if you find yourself in this situation, it's kind of like, <laughs> uh, I don't know, a, a blessing in a way. I mean, good, it, yeah, it's a good, good problem, problem to have,
2: to have. 100%. Yeah. Um, thing you mentioned there, Taylor, the Thunder have been saving money because they haven't been spending much. Another new rule in the CBA is if you are not spending up to the salary floor, the Thunder have done this before, and then you just yep. cut a check to everybody for the difference. Yep. You don't get those luxury tax payments. Yep. They're making you spend at least the floor, which is an interesting thing because mm-hmm. OKC could have upwards of like 30 million in cap space this summer. How do they use that? Um Two more things on this topic, and then and then we'll move on to some draft stuff. Justin, you were talking extensively there kind of about max contracts and what they look like. The interesting thing about the NBA is there's a ceiling for a max contract. Not all maxes are created equal. Right. Um, <laughs> Jordan Poole gets damn near maxed. Um, Insane. In LeBron's that prime. could be a giddy contract. Yeah, in, Le, in LeBron's prime he wasn't worth the max. Like when the salary cap was like 90 million, LeBron was worth like 60 million, you know, but you're capped out at that percentage. You can't go over that. Um, So it's a little inequitable. Mm -hmm. Um, The best players in the league made as much as some of these middle tier guys, because if there was, if there was truly an open market in the NBA, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Yeah. James Harden, like they would have made stupid money. You know, um, last thing before we move on. So we're talking about how you can only have three guys on rookie extension max contracts. Do you guys think OKC has four guys who are going to get maxes right now?
0: No.
3: Yeah, I mean, Shea, Dub, Chet seem like the most likely candidates. And then after that, I would put Gideon there. Um, but outside of that... It's interesting we
1: include Chet when we haven't seen him play an NBA game. that That's what I... Yeah. That was going to be my answer, is we have won. We have won. Uh Chet, you would assume. You would assume. Uh, J-Dub, if he continues his trajectory and what we saw out of True. his rookie year, you could make an argument too. for that as well. Giddy, if he continues his growth and trajectory, I think you could make an argument for it. That's three big ifs. Yeah, definitely. I think you you can rightfully be optimistic about all three of those, but history and statistics would tell you all three of those hitting is probably not going to happen. Yeah. It's no, it's, it's by no not point. necessarily like any fault of them or like any fault of like the organization, but just statistically, it'd be pretty rare if all four of those hit and we're max guys. So there's, there's a long time before that contract negotiation happens. There's a lot that can happen
2: in that. Now frame. I mentioned Josh Giddy maybe not getting one because you can negotiate with him early. Um, and maybe he and his agency like understand the repercussions. Yeah. But saying Josh Giddy is the most likely to like not get a max. The dude is 20 and just average 16, eight and six. It's yeah. a good point, you know, and everything from his rookie year jumped. I mean, yep. the assists stayed roughly the same, but the efficiency went up. The points went up. The shooting went up. Um, I mean, with Shea, Dub, Chet coming in, like I could see Giddy just being like a 16, 8, and 6 guy for his career. Oh, amazing. And that is a really effing amazing. good player. And imagine
3: yeah. when he adds weight. And get or continues to add weight we've talked yeah. a little about that uh, what position he could play where he fits in that i mean it's, it's fascinating and exciting i, I think the, the, the one other thing jacob that i'll add and kind of end on is this because i think you mentioned it when you and i were talking and i think it's spot on so we're talking about these max guys and how obviously the thunder would then be limited and how they would build, build out their roster that's where having all these this plethora of draft picks to build from becomes incredibly useful because then you have cheap rookie contracts to bring in uh, around these guys. Uh, Even the Lou Dortz and Kenny Hustle contracts that we have right now are are going to become even more valuable. So the Thunder have all kinds of means uh, of continuing. Sam's left himself so much flexibility to build out the remainder of this roster. Um, And so I, I feel like Thunder are in a really good spot heading into this new CBA. Definitely.
2: Um, Sean here brings up a good point uh first off, he's been in the chat mocking me about uh vassily uh, and I'm about to block him for it. I'm <laughs> about to add it to our our rundown. I'm teasing um he <laughs> says Giddy is the most unicorn of those three. I think that's a really interesting point because mm. j dub can fit on any team, yeah, giddy is more specialized, and so maybe their the market isn't as broad for him. Does that make sense yeah
1: it, it, Yes, and I think he's potentially the most. um, It's hard to say the most unique when Chet is one of the other three, so that's probably not a fair description. But like J Dub, wow, this is a really hard like thought to convey. I'm by no means diminishing J Dub; like he is a he is a very unique player, but there are more players closer to a, to a J-Dub than there is a Giddy. Agreed. Does that make
3: sense? 100%. I think it's a great way to put it. There, is... there are a
2: lot more J-Dub
1: archetypes out there. Yes. That's a, that was a better way to word that. But yes, like there, there are other J-Dubs in the league. It's hard to find a good comp for a Josh Giddy.
2: Yeah, he is more unique. And J-Dub's really good, but there are a lot of J-Dub-style players. Yeah, out there, and after watching Jalen Brown in the Eastern Conference Finals, J-Dub is not Jalen Brown, so don't make that comp. One of them can (laughs) dribble, the other
3: one cannot. No kidding. No kidding. One of them can shoot. Um, Yeah, no, I think that's that's a really good point. J-Dub
2: is Jalen Brown with a 200 IQ. Wow.
3: I like that. Wow. I think J-Dub has maybe a more obtainable high ceiling where Giddy's ultimate ceiling may be a little little less obtainable, but uh, might be even higher just due to that incredible versatility and um, uniqueness that you guys keep mentioning. J-Dub's got a better brother than Jalen Brown.
2: <laughs> J-Dub would kick Jalen's ass in a fight. Well, Okay, let's take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to do some draft stuff. And we are back. Gentlemen... It, it's hard to do any podcast leading up to the draft that aren't just like exclusively about the draft. Um, <laughs> very difficult. So we're going to do some draft stuff here. Uh, I'm super excited about it. We are going, excuse me. We're going throwback here to an uncontested staple yes. called take it or leave it. Really simple game. I'm going to give a statement and we're going to bounce back and forth between Taylor and Justin And they're going to tell me if they are taking that statement, meaning they think it will happen, or if they are leaving it, meaning they do not think it will happen, um, and give us some reason why. We can debate each one of them if you guys want. They are all draft-related. Some of them are Thunder draft-related. Some of them are NBA draft-related. And those of you who are in the live stream in the chat, uh, drop your thoughts on each of these. Tell us what you think. Justin, you get the honors to go first. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. First one. It didn't load on my computer, so I got to get on my phone. Give me a second. (laughs) Here we go. The anticipation. Justin, take it or leave it. The Thunder will go best player available in the draft and not worry about fit. Or (laughs) not fit, need. Hmm. Not fit what was? Need. Need
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Wow, that's tough. That's, uh, I think I lean towards, I lean towards taking it with like there's some nuance to that right it's not plain i think there are exceptions to that i guess is what i'm getting at that there's there are certain guys that i think if they're available um if they feel really similar to guys that the thunder have on this roster maybe they go to the next choice but i don't think that they are at the point in their development where they're saying we have to draft a center and only a center and we will only take a center and we're going to draft the best center we can get at this position or shooter. Like, yeah. Or shooter. Right. right. Exactly. Like they're, they're not that locked in on a specific skill or role or position that I think they're forsaking everything else. But I do think there are some, there are some guys in this draft that maybe you are not as thrilled about. I think that what that ultimately comes down to is what we always talk about is like what, whatever Presty's board is, Whoever he can go get that's best available, he's going to go get, whether that's a trade up, whether that's some kind of other package, whether that's a trade back, whoever Presty has his eyes on, on his board is, is who he's going after.
3: Could not agree more. Um, I think about, obviously, trying to get both Dub and Usman Jang. Uh, I think about Trey Mann was the one that really kind of threw me off. Did not fit what we thought was like that archetype. Like We yeah. kind of thought that he might go for another wing uh, in that draft after after drafting Giddy. And it ends up going Trey Mann. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes for a, I don't know, a cool ball Leonard Miller when you still have like a and Wallace or Grady Dick on the board. Yeah, hypothetically, I just throwing out examples.
2: I think that's fair. Taylor, you're next up. Take it or leave it. The Oklahoma City Thunder make three or more draft selections. For reference, they have picked 12, 37, and 50. So they already have three. I'm asking you, are they making three or more?
3: I'm not going to lie. When you started that, I thought you were going to say three or more trades. And I was like, Oh my gosh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually leaving it this year. And I know I said the same thing last year and uh, <laughs> impressed. I'll say it next year too. That's right. One of these years, I, I will be correct, but not, but seriously, when you look at the roster and the way it's currently constructed, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's always way. I mean, it, if the right player is available and he sees value and Presti sees value in that the organization sees value in that. They will take those players and they'll, figure out the roster crunch um, throughout the, the remainder of the off season and into training camp. But given the young players on this team, um, how invested they are in, in the majority of these guys, you know, at the end of this season, we were talking about from, you know, the star Shake Gilgis Alexander, all the way to the two way guys. Um, the organization and us as fans were much more invested in them. It's a very different feel than a couple of years ago. when we were just bringing in guys on 10 days, Xavier Simpson, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I'm going to leave it just because I think it's going to be very hard to bring in like three additional rookies.
1: I agree. I would leave it as well. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any way they bring in that many
3: new players.
2: Yeah. I think maybe two, but I don't think three.
3: I kind of like what you talked about, Jacob, where we were talking a lot about, or everybody's talking a lot about the Thunder consolidating picks to move up in a draft. But there's also, I don't know if it's the opposite of that, but like the other side of the spectrum there, where you can just trade a pick and and acquire a pick further down the road, like 2026, yeah. 2027.
2: Um, it's interesting. Yeah, it's hard for me to see them doing that with a lottery pick at 12. Oh, yeah, true, agree. And no, then agreed. doing it with a second rounder is like... Who cares? Who cares? You know, <laughs> Might as well just sell it. The, the Thunder have drafted really well in the second round for what it's worth. Yeah, true. Uh, Justin, take it or leave it. The Thunder make at least one draft night trade. Take it. <laughs> okay. I wanted to add a little bit of context. I had this on the last show as Too well. Too slow. Um, past five years of the draft. 2022, the Thunder trade three protected first for pick 11 uh 21 the thunder trade pick 16 for two protected firsts i said it wrong on sunday <laughs> they had 16 and 18 many people let you know that you said hey, it wrong i'm very sorry. Angry. If, if you need to like i don't know photoshop me on a cross to make me pay for those wow. sins then i guess do so but <laughs> You're ridiculous. I, I am sorry i am sorry that Jesus. of all of the trades i got a detail wrong i apologies um, I should be suspended and not even be on the show tonight. I will suspend you without pay. Dang, I'll <laughs> lose my $3. <laughs> I'm not making that Monty Williams contract, folks. <laughs> uh, 2020, OKC made a trade up to 17 to get Poku. Uh, 2019, they traded uh, pick 21 for 23 in a future second. That was to draft Darius Basley. That was a poor choice. Uh, and in 2018, they... Uh, bought a second round pick so they've made moves in all five of previous five drafts and i think there's a long history before
1: that as well of Presty presti being very active on draft night um the one i remember the best because i was a lowly intern at the thunder (laughs) was the year they drafted cole aldrich and there were some crazy trade shenanigans that went down on draft night and I got to go to a staff meeting with Sam Presti, where he explained what all the trades were, and it was amazing. Uh, but aside That's from awesome. that, yes, that, that there will be there will be trades, there will be blood, there will be trades. <laughs> OKC is going to be active again. I think this year especially, they've got the assets to move around. I think the draft could be could be very interesting. Again, broken record, feels like we say it every year, but like the Thunder are a big candidate to try to move up in this draft. It all goes back to Presti's big board. Like I said earlier, whoever he's Mm -hmm. got his eye on, if he wants him bad enough, he can go get him. Now where that number is, well, is it 10? Is it eight? Is it five? Who knows? With the exception of number one this year. Correct. Correct. (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, there, there are some obvious exceptions, but barring Victor Wimbanyama, there's a lot
2: they can do. You mentioned they have the ammo to trade up and uh, they can get where they want. It's likely um, that they try to move up. I think this year is even more likely for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, it seems like a lot of those higher-tier lottery picks are available. Mm-hmm. And number two, the Thunder have the assets to move up. Yep. The thing is, those assets have a shelf life. Right. Whenever you get on the clock in 2024 with four first-round picks, those picks are actively losing value yep. because other teams are going to call your bluff. You're not going to make all four selections tonight, so uh, we're going to offer you a little bit of less because you have to move off that pick. Yep. I think this is the year you've got to start moving off some stuff um, or you start running into the risk of those things possibly losing value. I also think first-round picks are going, our CBA talk earlier, if trades and free agency is limited and draft is the only way you can really build out a roster moving forward, draft picks become more valuable there. and there are a finite number of those things simple economics supply and demand the demand is spiking while the supply is staying steady
3: yeah when so can, those picks
2: are worth even more
3: yep you can sign a vet minimum guy who's been in the year for or been in the year been in the league for however many years or an extremely talented rookie with a ton of upside for around yeah. the same price you're going to want that it's an obvious choice so that's Definitely. a really good point
2: I have to give Phantom a shout out because he's posted in the chat about 50 times now of the Thunder <laughs> moving up to uh, take Jairus Walker. Um, I've talked about it on the show. I'm going to talk about it Tuesday night with our draft guest. Jairus just screams Thunder to me. Positional size, length, toughness, um, high IQ player, plays with a rhythm, not a pattern. Um, Jairus is my guy in this draft for the thunder. I think he and Chet as your front court defense is disgusting.
3: Yeah. Yeah, like, that would be wild.
2: They're going to tag team and and <laughs> bring the pain train. It's going to be incredible. Bad All right, room. next take it or leave it. Uh, I think we're on to Taylor now. Taylor. Take it or leave it. OKC makes two
3: first round selections. Ooh, that's really fun um to phantom's comment he, he said jairus walker uh and they would also trade back in for a shooter i'm going to leave it though and again a similar reason to my last take or leave it that means you're bringing in an additional rookie now granted they're consolidating picks they probably wouldn't be making those other selections in this situation uh later in the draft but i think it's unlikely um I don't know. I'm not sure. I see it just given the way this roster is currently constructed. So I'm going to go ahead and leave it. Just I'm like pick last year, one
2: we talked about them trading up. Yeah, and then they just bought another pick. <laughs> bought right. another pick. Right. Why not do it again?
3: Yeah,
1: I'm going to piggyback the question. So Taylor, do you think it's more likely? Which do you think is more likely? The Thunder take two first rounders, or they make they select both second rounders?
3: Ooh. I think both second-rounders. Um,
2: I could see one of the second-rounders being a draft and stash or a two-way.
3: Yep. Yeah. That's the guy, more CBA, an additional two-way spot That's um, right. for NBA teams are, yep. are granted now.
2: Defender that. Oh, love that.
3: Yeah, they do.
2: 100%. Cheap labor, baby. Capitalism at its finest. <laughs> Child labor. <laughs> they yearn for the mines. <laughs> uh. Um, yeah, this is an interesting one. I, uh, it'd be cool if they got two first. Apparently, uh, the Spurs really want to get back in at end of the lottery. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, that report is a little juicy, but that's like a super no shit comment. Well, yeah. yeah. Every team would love to trade back. 30 in. teams yeah. would like to draft yeah. Victor Wimbanyama. Exa-
1: <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say.
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would be crazy if they got like another one of those talented guards. Um, or Wings to pair alongside Victor. It's fun.
2: All right, Justin. This one, after I ask you, I have some context for you before you answer. Okay. okay. We're we're getting out of OKC specifics and now okay. into like more draft holistic. Take it or leave it. Three watery picks get traded. For reference, past five years, in 2022, um, pick 11 and pick 13 got traded and 21 um, pick 10 got traded and 20 no lottery picks got traded and 19 11 and six got swapped um, and eight and four plus a bunch of other stuff got swapped uh, so that's technically four <laughs> Right, uh, 18 pick 3 and 5 got swapped and um, pick 10 got traded so that's 3 and, uh, and that's it um, more context we have ample reports Portland's pick is available at 3 Houston's may be available at 4 because uh, they are a poorly run franchise that doesn't know what the hell they're doing and are just playing uh, my GM on 2K as 12 year old Um, and trying to pay people in saltgrass gift cards. (laughs) Detroit's pick at five is reportedly available. Um, Dallas's pick at 10 is very much available. The Thunder want to move up with 12. Um, I mean, there's always reports. Like our three, four, and five getting traded, that would be insane. Insane. But back to, so that's the context. Back to it again. Take it or leave it. Three lottery picks get traded i think i leave it i think
1: i leave it i feel exactly what you just said jacob there's always reports this time of year because we have nothing else to talk about if there weren't these reports so you you have to it's prime smoke screen season what picks are available which ones aren't available i feel like every year teams there's somebody that due diligence everybody is saying this team's gonna trade and then they end up just picking somebody on draft night um Two feels like a very safe number of something's going to happen. Some Somebody's going to shuffle like the Trey Young, Luka Doncic year where two teams just decide to trade based off you know who they wanted to get. I think that's safe. That third one, I think, gets a little tricky because that's either got to be someone trading out of the lottery, like maybe Dallas, or it's got to be an additional trade within the lottery. Um, it could happen. Uh, it's very much within the realm of possibility. I think this year there is the potential for a lot of volatility, but I'm going to leave it anyways.
3: I think you touched on something there, Justin. I keep thinking about this draft in the sense that it's, it is a very deep draft, but there is a lot of uncertainty. Uh, A lot of these players have different flaws and it kind of, it's, it's a wide variety of players, different player types, but also different player strengths and and weaknesses. that has resulted, I think, in teams having pretty—I don't know if I should say drastic—but pr- pretty different big boards, yeah, right? Uh, discrepancies b- between big boards. So one of two things can happen in that situation, in my opinion: either everybody stays put because yep. their guys going to follow them, because the you know franchises above them don't value the player the same way that yep. like an OKC does, or the opposite right? Like, well, crap, now this player wants uh, Bali, and I thought Bali was going to be there at 15. I was going to be able to trade back, and I have to trade up to 10. So we could see a lot of movement because of that as well. It's going to be one or the other. I feel like that, was it two years ago that
1: I I feel like we were talking about that again? I'm like, oh, there's going to be so many draft night trades
3: it was a josh giddy draft yeah
1: and then nobody did anything exactly this the scenario you just said i think everybody's big boards were so different that they could get who they wanted without having to move yep. because it wasn't like everybody was jockeying for the
2: same guy yeah we, we watched that draft together all three of us we oh yeah indeed yeah, we did as i was screaming at the tv <laughs> Jalen Suggs is there. Go get him. And then now I look like the jackass, which is not uncommon, but uh, yeah. Giddy over Suggs was the correct choice. Let's take a quick break. On the other side, we will finish up Take It or Leave It. We are back. Um, I hope you guys are not hearing my dog's well-timed barks. Um, She is an idiot. apologies (laughs) apologies <laughs> Taylor take it or leave it an NBA all-star from one of the past two seasons gets traded on draft night here's the list 2023 Giannis LeBron Donchich Markkinen Mitchell Embiid Kyrie Irving John Morant Jason Tatum Nikola Jokic Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, Shea, Ant Edwards, DeRozan, De'Aaron Fox, Drew Holiday, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Tyrese Halliburton, Sabonis, Triple J, Siakam, Julius Randle, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Zion Williamson. Hmm. It's
3: a lot of names. That's just from this past year. Even when you were going through there or through that list there wasn't really a name that stood out to me like this could happen like obviously the prime candidates if you want to call it that the rumor mill um Dame Lillard stands out but I every Pascal, coming Julius Randall Pascal, um, Julius Randall is the other one that stood out to me with New York that's an interesting one DeMar DeRozan DeRozan Jalen Brown <laughs> Jalen Brown I don't know if any of those. those like Jalen Brown. John Morant and
2: his firearms? Oh jeez, As he faces a 50 game <laughs> suspension.
3: Uh, Lakers uh point guard, John Morant. Uh or maybe Houston. Uh, yeah, I know <laughs> California has two strict gun laws. <laughs> it's definitely a Texas team. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Justin. <laughs> I think I'm leaving it. Um I think if the All-Stars traded, it's probably not happen- happening on draft night. And I just don't see a lot of those candidates outside the ones we just kind of mentioned there. Um, Julius Randle, Jalen Brown, maybe. But those are really the only two that kind of stood out. I'm going to play it safe and leave it. I think I agree. It's um, There's a lot of time
2: for some of those trades to happen. All right, next up, Justin, take it or leave it a player currently mocked in the top seven falls out of the lottery entirely. Ooh. Do you want to list? Uh, yeah. Who's, uh, who's, who's mocks are we using here? Uh, we'll use the ESPN one because it is the most recent. They okay. update today. Um, I'm going to stall as I try to find the ESPN mock draft. Um, Still stalling. So obviously you have Victor Wambinama. You got Scoot Henderson. Uh you've got Brandon Miller. You've got Amen Thompson, Cam Whitmore, uh Asar Thompson and Jarris Walker. Um are- I'm
1: gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. I don't feel confident who.
2: You want all seven again?
1: No, maybe oh. no. Like, it's just hard to say. Like, to to pinpoint it. Oh, I, you don't know who's gonna fall, but you think yeah. one of the seven cut. Co- no, I don't. I don't know who's gonna fall out, but I'll take it. In that, I, it just again, it seems like
2: I vote not I don't. Wimby. Have, I don't <laughs> yeah, Wimby, Wimby Wimby down the board. I,
1: I don't have data to back this up, but it seems like there's always one. Um,
3: always is the probably
1: the wrong miss choice miss. of words.
2: I hope it's Jarius.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: I think Taylor Hendricks is a is a candidate as well. I, I still like Taylor Hendricks, a lot. Yeah,
1: Hendricks is an interesting. I'm not one. a big fan of Taylor's.
3: He's a little more late, and and I could see <laughs> Taylors. Just in general. I could see him uh, falling out. I was gonna say
1: Taylor, and I was uh, part of me was thinking Cam Whitmore also potentially, um, but I don't know. It's hard to say who, but I think it it's a likely enough scenario that something will come out in the next three weeks that changes the way teams view a guy. Maybe he's a crappy interview. Maybe he has a bad workout. Maybe, you know, (laughs) I don't know. Like there's, (laughs) (laughs) there's plenty of things that could happen between now and then uh, that could change the way these guys are mocked. I think we, like you said, you were talking about um, he didn't fall out of the lottery, but like, there's always those guys. RJ Hampton is the one that like comes to mind for me of like,
2: yeah, this is why I'm not a draft guy. I was so high on RJ too. You yeah. Remember that? yeah. Our yep. draft
1: live stream, the comment section was screaming for RJ. Draft Hampton. RJ
3: draft RJ Jalen Suggs falling to five. And it was like, he was mocked two to three. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Hey, do that point though, Justin. And speaking of Gavoni, one thing that he had today in his, his mock draft that he came out with um, or yesterday or whenever that was, had a case and wallace falling down to like 17, know, 17 and then is good, jumping to 9 i am not a fan of hutchbina uh i mean i think he'll be fine and i yeah. understand he has the archetype that Gavoni money i mentioned, like case a lot case a dog. yeah me too me too i'd be shocked if if case doesn't go at least top 12 and hutchbina going top 10 like just shocked me yeah um so to yeah well maybe we see something crazy like that
2: before we move on uh talking about the chat over here Phantom, I don't know if you've been in the chat before, but this is highly entertaining, and I (laughs) encourage you to continue to come back. (laughs) I am enjoying the comments. Justin. No, no, it's Taylor's turn. I was
1: going to say, didn't I just go? It's Taylor's turn. Sorry.
2: (laughs) Taylor on the spot. Take it or leave it. Just like last year's number one pick, the number two pick this year will be a mystery leading up to the start of the draft.
3: I like that. Um I'm going to, We had Woj frantically
2: tweeting um 20 minutes before the draft started. <laughs> it's going to be Polo. <laughs> Do we have something similar this year with number 2?
3: I yes, I'm taking it because there is a lot of uncertainty with Brandon Miller. Um obviously with the whole legal situation, him not being able to comment on the ongoing investigation because for legal issues or legal purposes, um what if
2: something comes out about that pre-draft, like oh, a couple of days yeah. before something that, like, not good, drastically crazy.
3: affects his, his? Yeah, that would that be that's bad. a
2: that's a top seven dropper. That would be bad.
3: Yeah. I also think Scoot is probably going to be. Uh, I don't know. I I think Scoot's being slept on again, a little bit. Uh, I think he's pretty easily, in my opinion, the second best prospect in this draft uh, ahead of Brandon Miller, who I also really like as a basketball player. I. And just like all the stuff that's already coming out about the Hornets being all in on on Brandon Miller from a basketball standpoint, obviously going to do their due diligence elsewhere. But, um, I I get smokescreen vibes there as well. And so I, I I'm gonna take this one. I, I would really wouldn't be surprised if it's like you said, Jacob. It's draft day, draft night, and we hear that Scoot's actually been the guy the whole time. See, or maybe it's a Min Thompson. I don't know. I'm gonna push back on this one. I'm gonna leave it.
2: Last year. It was a hell of a smoke screen by the Orlando Magic. Pick number two is Charlotte, and I have zero <laughs> faith that point. they can pull that off. It's zero point. faith. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong, say, Justin?
1: No. No, you're not.
2: Mitch Kupchak came out post-draft or post lottery and said, Well, we already got a point guard. <laughs> It's like, bro, you're not supposed to say that out loud. Like, what are we doing here? Oh, also, I think we sleep on uh, Scoot's name a lot. Having a point guard named Scoot is just absolutely illegal. You're going to print money. Like, it's and... like there, there's a college quarterback named Dart. Like, you yeah. can't get any better than that. Right. It's like having a, I don't know, a running back named Truck or a wide receiver named Hands. <laughs> <laughs> or a center named dunk like it's just it's perfect that's
1: yeah it's good yeah how good would the the tweet be henderson scooting down draft boards i'm
2: sorry that's good we're gonna have Bad. to try to recreate you know how Woj on draft night yes. doesn't say they're selecting him he uses different adjectives mm-hmm um Charlotte scooting to the podium to select Henderson at two. <laughs> yes. You know Woj has to have an intern that's coming up. Charlotte has their sights set on Brandon Miller. <laughs> oh, my. No, no good. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. Orlando's got a hard on for Dick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Prayers answered. Rockets take Amen. Oh, oh man
2: man this is good uh, this is good
1: we should try to spoil the draft
3: uh, that's incredible
2: we, uh, we're gonna have to come up with some more and tweet them out those those that, <laughs> that was pretty good on the fantastic. fly that was incredible on the fly all right last take it or leave it is for both of you yeah. uh i made nine because i thought nick was joining mm. uh if i didn't if i knew that he wasn't uh, I would have kept it an even number. So the odd <laughs> number goes to both of you. Okay. Take it or leave it. Thunder fans will be happy with the draft. Once the night is over. No, leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. The I think only people time were generally happy last repair. year. That
1: was the only time because they got Chet at number two. There's no <laughs> other scenario. Thunder, Thunder. Twitter is always pissed on draft night. I can't believe they traded
2: five picks for one B. What are you doing? Well, Sam even, Presti?
1: even like beyond chat, right? Like there was a lot of like, Oh, no, go back fun. and watch the stream hey, of man. us on, on
3: pick 11. Yeah. That's exactly. all you need to know.
1: Yeah, that is no. fair. Yeah,
3: no, I, I think that's a good point. Just prepare yourselves for, when the thunder trade up to 10 with Dallas for Ray on repair, because they were afraid that the <laughs> Pacers at nine and we're going to take them. and. <laughs>
1: I remember and having like, angry,
3: at 12. angry
1: yeah. conversations with friends and family after they drafted Josh Giddey. I mean, How could they draft Josh Giddey when Kaminga was available? Yeah. book night was right there. Like they yep. could have had those guys.
3: Hey, guys I still God, will and, not forgive Sam Presti for taking Ferguson over OG.
2: Hey, <laughs> that one's not as bad as the draft night that I sat there waiting oh, no. all damn night to see them take freaking Mitch McGarry and Josh Hustis in the first round
3: the first ever NBA G League draft
2: the, the stream is already going off the rails Long so I'm just draft. I'm going I'm going to take it off the rails and crash into a building Tommy <laughs> and I were watching that draft together and after the Mitch McGarry selection was made I looked at him and I said who is bitch McGarry because that's how I felt and you know what
1: <laughs> I was justified that time. I was right. Hey, he had some moments his rookie year. Where he he played, played really good, fun.
2: but he was too obsessed with unicycles, bowling, snakes, and weed, and apparently women driving cars in Edmond uh, to get his career back on track.
1: Well, who among us has not been <laughs> distracted by those things?
3: <laughs> in a world full of uh, Mitch McGarry's B.A.A. A. Lindy Waters. Because I, I was like thinking it. about the DoorDash. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> talking I about was driving cars, getting his career back on track. I we're talking about, about Josh
2: Giddy. I was thinking about uh, our poor guy, Keandre, who does an incredible job over at Hoop and Elect. And somebody, after Josh Giddy was selected, decided to take a screenshot of Josh Giddy's draft video that Keandre made of the weaknesses. Yeah, that said, like shooting, dribbling, defense, basically being an NBA player. And they were like, "This mf'er's weakness is basketball." And I was like, "God, poor Keandre." And people were just like dragging him. And I was like, "Dude, it's a really good video. Like, you got to watch it." Is it is a good video, but it is a legendary. It was mean. a funny point. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sean says the Thunder were really high on Mitch McGarry. That wasn't the only one, buddy.
1: The Thunder. <laughs> The thunder are high on Mitch McGarry.
2: <laughs> I can't believe you said they have their sights set up. <laughs> no.
3: Prayers answered for oh, amen. So oh
2: good. my God. <laughs> <sighs> all right. That's all for take it or leave it. Um, that was good. Any other thoughts before we get out of here, guys? Like I want to do around the association. We have, I mean... Boston got the break speed off of him. Yeah. And uh so that's that. Uh I think we all are in agreement that Denver's gonna win the title. Yep. I think Bam out of is good. Denver's looked so good. But Nicole I mean AD was like built in a lab to defend a guy like <laughs> Jokic. Yeah. Jokic gave him 26, 13, and 10 at, on average in a sweep. I mean that poor it's abuse. <laughs> it's abuse. If yeah. that's what he did to AD, what is he going to do to bam? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to get like they a 30, night 15 15
3: to guard him. They're
2: yeah. going to put Kevin love on him. <laughs> <laughs> Jokic is going to drop 40 on him and then go dig a grave for him afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: and then Jokic's ugh. brothers are going to bury him.
3: That's all I was about. Yeah, that's his exactly brothers what I, was scary.
1: I love, I unabashedly love Jimmy Butler but he's the only part of the Heat that I love. He yeah. not playing
3: great lately, but like you're not Just, a Caleb Martin guy. Mm. Tweak that ankle a little bit. Yeah. Also, they're flying in. I mean, they they left immediately, they basically after straight, Game right. Seven. The altitude thing is real, even though it's it is real. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Sean's on one tonight. I, like I that. do. I, I do want to know what motivational video Spo showed the team that help them win game seven Did yeah you guys, see that clip no oh my gosh go look up the clip post game trophy ceremony um i think it was bam who said you know coach got us got us really inspired he showed us a motivational video and spolster's face looks like he's seen a ghost <laughs> and ernie goes spo we got you right here what was that video yes and twice. he's like eyeballing him, and he's like it's nope, not about the video do and he's like no but tell us about the video and he like grabs Ernie and he's like it's not about the video and I'm like what was on that video <laughs> I must know I must know uh, I'm intrigued now the comments the comments on the videos are more unhinged than our live stream comments tonight There's lots of <laughs> things awesome. I can't repeat but made me laugh yeah yeah
3: <laughs> just I, uh, some team chemistry uh-huh I need to go watch it <laughs> yeah look, look at the comments it's good uh, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. All that I aside, think, I don't think he has a motivational video for the Nuggets. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's the nuggets are motivation. Just,
2: and Miami just got off a grueling seven-game series, and you guys mentioned it. They're now up in altitude. Yep. Jokic's been a, sitting at home eating Cheetos for a week. Dude. Riding horses. Yeah. Living the dream. The best picture in NBA history is not the Jordan free-throw line dunk. <laughs> it's not – uh ai stepping over uh who's he stepping over Tyloo tylu not ai stepping over Tyloo it's 11 year old jokic so good fat as chair. hell <laughs> drinking a 3 liter of soda they didn't even make those anymore And then getting drafted during a Taco Bell commercial.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. His legacy—it's like the kid picture, it's the screenshot of the case Rito. Yes, while he gets drafted every single single NBA champion and
3: two-time MVP. Why don't they talk about the Nuggets enough? I've gotten so tired of hearing about that over the past week or so. He's he's insane. I did see.
2: He's one of the best passers in NBA history.
3: Yep, and not just a big. Agreed. Yep.
2: Yeah, like, you put him up there with Nash, with Kidd, with Stock. Like, he's insane to be that big. He's the most unathletic son of a gun there is. (laughs) He eats on the offensive glass. Like, he is the epitome of old man game. Yeah. And I absolutely love it. The most, arguably the most athletic sports league in the world. (laughs) where you got guys like LeBron James or Taylor send us that picture of Amen Thompson yeah. uh, doing that vertical in Portland. That's the league that Nikola Jokic plays in and he dominates. And he's dominating. Exactly. You love it's it. It's incredible. Incredible. All right, let's get out of here. Oh, I thought my music was going to play. It's not going to play. It's Sorry. Yeah, I know. Uh, it helps if you got the cord plugged in. Um, <laughs> So Silva will drop the outro uh, the music and post edit. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really appreciate you. Uh, chat was awesome tonight. You guys are wild. It, uh, the degenerates are out in full force. I appreciate it. If you have not already, make sure you sub to the YouTube channel. Join us every Sunday night, 9 p.m. and every Wednesday night, 9 p.m., except for next week. We'll be on Tuesday night with a special draft guest. You'll want to be in the live stream in that one and get your questions in the chat uh, because we will make sure to ask our draft guest all of your questions. It's going to be a blast. Then Sundays and Wednesdays leading up to the NBA draft and then draft night. If you haven't followed the uncontested uh, for long, draft night is our night, baby. Uh, (laughs) Justin, Taylor, myself, JD, and Nick will be in intermittently. We'll have guests on. We go live for the entire NBA draft. We start about 30 minutes before pick number one is selected, and we'll stay on through the end of the first round, probably on through pick 37 for the Thunder, unless something different happens. And then we'll have a draft breakdown podcast afterwards. It's one of my favorite nights of the year. Um, absolutely love it. This is going to be what our our fourth, fourth time. I yeah, we did so. the Poku draft, the Giddy draft, the Chet draft, yep. and now the Jairus Walker draft they speak <laughs> I love it <laughs> so also make plans with us that night even if you're at a watch party if you're hanging out with friends pull up the stream listen to us as we go through it's always a blast we have so much fun everyone here in the chat can tell you um that it's uh it's a blast as well we will see you guys Sunday night 9 p.m until then you guys have a great rest of your week enjoy the NBA finals should be a blast. Go watch Jokic just cook everybody uh, to a crisp. And we will see you guys on Sunday. Until then, and as always,